Okay, this is Lenny D'Angelo here. Uh, uh, okay. Hang on. Hang on. Multitasking. All right, clockwise. Compass rows. Cartesian coordinates. The color wheel. Value scale. Three questions about painting. Lighter or darker, what hue, warmer or cooler. Those are the three questions. Octaves and a circle of fits. Oh, boy. Goodness gracious, that's a list. That is where we're headed on this long and winding journey. The long and winding road. Oh, sorry. I got distracted because there's a van out front parked in front of my building here. And it's been there for months. And every day I see it and it sticks in my craw there. It is a painted, matte black painted van. Uh, that says rifle supply on it. And it has a bunch of, it lists all of the types of rifle supply you can buy. Uh, I would like to point out that those uh, expansion packs that let you blow everybody away at a school or whatever. That's, that's one of the things on the van. Uh, and it's there in front of the house, in front of the building, and I come out and I'm like, what the fuck, this guy? Now yesterday, I just happened to catch this guy getting out of his van. And by the way, the van, it painted matte black, did I mention that? And it's, it got no windows, you know, that kind of van. The kind you get kidnapped from, or, or we're by. Uh, the kind of van driven by, I don't know, the, 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 a group of Libyan nationalists. Uh, wanted me to build him a bomb, and I instead I gave him a, 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 a faulty bomb casing filled with used pinball machine parts. That kind of band, you know what I mean? And it, it's it's like the 18 van if it weren't shiny, if B. A. Baracus didn't have a sense of style and aesthetics, didn't have a stripe. Here's a black van. With the with the the list of murderous uh, uh, technology written on on his sides, uh, I catch the guy getting out of his car yesterday, and I was watching him through the window. I'm on the ground floor in his building, so I can watch all the weirdos on the on the street, and there are a lot of weirdos on the street. Ain't nothing compared to the weirdo in the house watching them, but still, there's a lot of weirdos out there. And this guy's one of them, and he's, I saw him skit. I saw his van drive up, and I'm, I'm looking at him. Oh, there he is. That's the fucking guy. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because the thing is, you don't want to mess with a guy that drives a rifle supply van, do you? Do you? Probably not. But I found out he lives across the street and around a corner. He parks over in front of my building. Why? I don't know. Maybe the other neighbors drove him out. Maybe he's embarrassed. Uh, I don't know. But the important factor is he ain't in view of his van at night. Ah, good to know. Good to know. If the man's tires happen to get slashed, he wouldn't know who to shoot. Couldn't possibly be the guy who lives right behind where he parks his van. No, couldn't be. The guy who's staring out of the blinds. <laughs> Five o'clock in the evening, watching him through the window. Anyway, so the guy sits in his car and he's vaping. Now I think he's vaping more than uh, than nicotine, because he took a deep vape. 
he was doing deep vaping. And I I have never seen anybody vape so deep in my life. And he was sitting there with his hands. I don't know. He's looking down. He's rubbing his neck. He, he looked like a battered guy. He looked like he's having a bad day. You, you know when you can see that when somebody's having such a bad day that they actually carry it? It's like the dark cloud in a cartoon that's over the head. You can actually see that. Only this guy made his own cloud. All right, he's doing a deep vape. And he's sitting in that car for a long time. Because all I wanted was to get a good look at this guy. And he wouldn't come out of the car. He's just sitting in the van. Vaping, vaping, vaping. Things billowing, billowing inside. And he sits there for a long ass time. Now, I could imagine maybe he's listening to one of those stories on KCRW about the refugee crisis. And he's intrigued and he can't go. It's just, it's a humanitarian crisis. He can't, how can you leave that story in the middle? But that ain't that guy. He could be listening to REO Speedwagon, but then (laughs) that's what I was doing. No, he's just sitting in there with the vapor billowing all around him. And I think I know that feeling. And when he gets out of the car, he's a slumped shoulders, head down, walking like he had the weight of the world on him. And I felt bad for the guy. I know that feeling. I've sat in my car a time or two in the past with my head handle held low, taking a long way home, as Super Tramp would say. I know that feeling well. I know that feeling well. Ah. Uh, when you look back on the years and see what you might have been, what you could have been if you'd had more time. I know that feeling. It's not a good feeling. Anyway, what was that about? The color wheel and the Cartesian coordinates and clockwise. Here's what I'm talking about. When you look at a clock, not a digital one, but a one that goes around and round, uh, you've got four crucial points on a clock because when they strip a clock bare well when they strip it really bare they only leave the 12 and that ain't ain't a useful clock hello but if they strip it halfway bare you got 12 you got 3, 6 and 9 and those points just happen to be the points on a Cartesian grid and a Cartesian coordinate grid for anybody who slept through a, a, a middle school a, a, a pre-algebra or whatever, is the X and Y coordinate system. Anybody remember this? They give you a list of points, some of them positive, some of them negative, depending on how remedial your math was. And you have to plot them on the grid. Do you remember this thing? The X, the line, a line is an invisible a, a theoretical thing that runs... Uh, uh, in, infinitely in, in two directions and there are two types of line well there were more but I'm two on this grid that I'm talking about one of them is X which runs vertically in both directions that's up and down for those of you who are uh, mathematically challenged like me up and down in both directions infinitely and the Y line which runs right and left or left and right depending on what part of the globe you're in uh that's horizontally for the more advanced students in the class 
So, X and Y represent, basically, when you see them together, they form a cross for my Catholic friends. You'll be very familiar with this. Which goes up, down, right, left, I believe. I don't know, I'm Protestant. Uh... Uh, which is terrible news for me if I ever run into vampires. What am I going to do? Cross myself the wrong way to like, ah, loophole. Anyway. The clock face, funny enough, forms the same uh, sort of uh, coordinate system. Now, I know what you're saying. A clock is just goes round and round. There's no grid, and you'd be right. But the Cartesian coordinate system is important later for tying different art... Uh, theory together and I think it's important to remember how similar these these systems are because they sort of for me anyway I sort of find uh, overlap uh, to be helpful in, in remembering and concept and in, in, in a deeper form of conceptualization or uh, or uh, uh, right uh, learning okay so the Cartesian coordinate system and a clock face they have four crucial points. And on a clock face, it's 12. Moving to the right and down, 12, 2, 3, 3, 2, 6. And moving from the bottom to the top and left, uh, 6 to 9, and 9 back to 12. That divides the clock face into four quadrants, four sections. That's between 12 and 3, between 3 and 6, between 6 and 9, and between 9 and 12. Quadrants, four quadrants. Same with the Cartesian coordinate system, the XY grid. There's positive up, there's negative down, a positive... You know, you, 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 I'll get into that later. The compass rose is the same way. Or the compass, the face of the compass. Compass rose is the thing that goes in the map the bottom of the map and again sometimes they strip that down and they just put north in there because they assume you're smart uh, don't ever assume i'm smart uh north south east west north south west east whatever uh going f going clockwise uh from top to right we've got north uh to east east to south and south to west and then back up to north same thing, makes a full circle. And it also divides uh, the plane, whatever that plane might be, the face of the clock, the face of the compass, the face of the Cartesian coordinate plane, uh, divides it into four quadrants. Quadrants. Now, why is that interesting to me? Well, I noticed that the clock face is divided up into 12. Okay. If you, if you count 12 twice, uh, is that right? No, you got from 12 to 1, from 1 to 2, etc., etc., you've got 12 steps, basically, returning back to 12. That's a full 360-degree rotation era. And don't get me started on degrees. Don't let me throw this in there. That's going to add a whole layer of complication to this uh, theorem. Color theory and the color wheel and the value scale. Well, more, more importantly, the color wheel. The color wheel also has 12 crucial points to it. 
And a color wheel is a, is a human manufactured thing to help us understand a transition of color. And it's a tool for mixing color. It has nothing to do with the, the uh, theories of light, color and light. It has to do with practical color. Useful color. Additive color, as they say. For example, if I have a, a, a yellow powder and a, and a blue powder... <clears throat> What can I make with that powder when I mix it? If I, if I were to bake a cake with that powder, what would it be? What colors could I make with those two? That's practical color, and that's what the color wheel is for. The color wheel also has 12 steps to it. And it goes in a 360-degree in a rotation, clockwise, same thing. From yellow back to yellow is one way that I would like to do it. Now, you can do it with any color because it's a wheel. Just like if you start at 3 on a clock face, you can come back to 3. And you still have 12 steps. And you still have a full 360-degree rotation. But we orient the clock to put 12 at the top to make this system sort of consistent. So that everybody's on the same page about where we start and end. And that works well. And I think it's important to do that with the color wheel as well. Now, you see a lot of color wheels with the colors all over the place. Uh, and it may start at the darkest color or the, or the coolest color or the, or the most interesting color in it and make a full 360-degree rotation. The system still works, but it's not going to work in the way that the clock works unless you orient it the exact same way every time. And you always know that position, you know, 12 on a clock is, is this particular color on the color wheel. And I'm trying to make the connection between the two things. For memorization, for concept, uh, uh, to internalize. Because I recently had to look at the color wheel in a, in a new way. And I, I notice patterns here. And those patterns go in 12s, which is an interesting concept. Interesting thing about 12. The number 12, now I, I ain't good at math. I've said that before, I'll say it again. I ain't good at math. I'm not a smart man. Mathematically, I am challenged. But here's an interesting thing about 12, and I can't give you any of the theory behind this, but I, I, I know this from using a ruler because I'm in America and I have to use a ruler. And on a ruler, uh, if you're going with the inches system and the feet system, I don't know what we call that. I know it's probably English, just like they came up with uh, 30 stone. What kind of stone are we talking about here? Is that granite or is it limestone? Is it the, uh, the pumice stone, the, the volcanic ash? Because that ain't all way the same thing. What kind of stones are we working with here, Britain, Great Britain? Anyway, three stone. I lost three stone this summer on a slim fare system. You get a shake in the morning, you get a shake for lunch, you eat a sensible dinner. Tommy Lasorda lost four stone. <laughs> that guy still looks terrible in his pants, by the way. Okay. You know what? Anytime you slip on pants that are six sizes too large for you, you look pretty good. You just pull out the band in the front, you look pretty good. You don't, you don't have to be cut. To look good in giant clown pants. Tommy Lasorda, huh? Okay. 
interesting thing about the number 12. Um, 12 is divisible by threes and twos. And I think that's extremely interesting and useful. And that's why the ruler in an interest system works the way it works. Uh, if you've noticed the interest system, you can divide things by uh, multiples of three, multiples of two. Is that right? Basically, if you want to break something down into thirds and into halves and into fourths and anything derivative of a of two, it's super easy because you know there are there are three there are four quadrants in the number twelve. Like I said before, uh, four quadrants. That's four segments of three. Isn't that interesting? Or there are three segments of four. Right. Which is useful for the color wheel, and that will come into play later. Uh, there are also twos. So you can go as low as twos and do doubles, which is, which is uh, again, useful for grouping in the, col- the color wheel. So that's why it is the clock face is super interesting to me. Because I, I've recently discovered that uh, the clock face, the uh, musical notation system that is used in Western music for the, since the Middle Ages, and the uh, circle of fifths, which is also a musical concept that, that based on the same system, uh, is all based on a system of twelves and advanced and either advancing by twos or threes, which a twelve is perfect for. The number twelve is perfect for, and advancing from twelve back to twelve in a three hundred and sixty degree rotation clockwise, you can do a lot of uh, calculating and, and memorization because that system is a fixed system that you can just hold in your mind. And I believe uh, this is going out on a, on a long limb with a, <laughs> with a big crack in it. But I believe that you could teach color theory to the blind this way. Because I saw recently that there's a, there's a, a braille uh, clock face. <clears throat> you can get a braille watch it's got lumps uh, 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 all over it. It's <laughs> just a lumpy watch, and you can feel it. Now, my question about the Braille watch is, how do you keep from from messing up the the, the set, you know? You know what a watch that doesn't have a crystal in it, you just sort of move the hands by you with your finger. How do you not, how do, you not do that with a Braille watch? How do you not mess it up? I think it was 12. Oops. Well, I guess it's one now. Uh, ah, question for the ages. i got to find somebody visually impaired to ask them. Oh, I tangented too much. Too many, uh... Too many side trips to the bathroom on this one. I'm sorry. Keep going with this. All right, clockwise. Uh, another attempt... Uh, okay, this is Leonard Angelo. 